0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Church Podcast. You're listening to a message from one of our many gatherings that we have throughout the week. For more information on service times, ways that you can be a part of the work that God is doing in our communities, and so much more, you can visit our website at faithchristianwi.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. And for future... And tonight I'm gonna speak to you for a little bit about a a story of the Bible that illustrates what it is to be all in. And I'm gonna share this with you right now. This isn't something that happens to me very often. And uh, as I was worshiping, I mean, I think all of you would agree tonight just have a great worship time. Wasn't it just powerful? It was great. So I was worshiping right in the back and walking around getting ready to come up here toward the front. And uh, just as I was looked up here toward the stage, I felt like God showed me a vision of something. And I was looking up here on the stage, and for a second, and I mean just a second, if you've ever had one of these spiritual visions, you'll know what I'm talking about. For just a second, I looked up here, and I didn't see Lori and Abigail and the other worship team. I saw a great big net, big net, rope net, net. And it was all woven together like one of those old-fashioned rope nets. And I saw Jesus standing here with his hand on this net with a big smile. And he was about to just throw this net out. And I and I looked, and as I just looked in that split second, I saw all those ropes, and they turned into all of you. And and I really believe, this is what I really feel like that meant. I really think Jesus smiles on your efforts at working so hard to catch the lost souls of humanity in this area. I really think he smiles on it. This church isn't about just building a church that's better than somebody else's church. We don't want that. But there are souls out here that need him. And you know, maybe sometimes we, we think we live in sort of the backwaters of, of Wisconsin One person told me one time that we live in the swamp, who would want to come here? And, uh, you know, I just saw Jesus. I think, you know, sometimes his, his boat drifts into the backwaters of humanity and there are souls there. And I think he's ever so pleased with all the people here who volunteer, work so hard, serve, give, and pray, and you make up that net. You turn a church into a net and remember what he said, I want you to be, don't be afraid. I've called you to be fishers of men. And every time you work, I don't care if it's in the nursery, you're cutting the lawn, you're coffee shop working, you're serving, you're preaching, whatever it is you're doing, or you're putting money in an offering, you're helping weave that rope into and that, and Jesus gets to throw it out. And every time, every time a soul says, Jesus, come into my heart, heaven rejoices. You do realize that heaven rejoices and as i shared i I, that's not my message but i do think it'll lead into the fact that as a church we really do want to be all in we want to be on board that boat of jesus being the net that he can cast out to touch the souls all around us and not just here But every month as we get to send missionary support and we're able to help a a Bible school in the Philippines or missionaries in New Guinea or Africa or Asia or India or all over the world, we get to help bring souls into Christ. Would you just take a moment and pray with me and I'll get into our message here in a moment. But uh, just, just take this moment if you will. And if this encourages you, just soak this little encouragement into your heart and, and let God speak to you about the fact that he's, he's pleased with our effort of building him and that that he can use to win souls. Lord Jesus, tonight we thank you. We thank you that as we stand here in this place and as, as your ship has drifted all through the waters of humanity, here we are in this time, in this hour. We may have come here because of what we received, but so many here have been willingly giving so that others may receive. I pray that you help us to continue that course. I pray for anyone here who's a part of this church now or was who has let go of that net through discouragement or fear or any other reason, and that you would help us to continue faithfully, steadfastly, working and serving not for any glory of ours, but just so we can see that smile on your face when you haul in another soul from the waters of destruction into the ship of eternal life. And now we thank you for our time here together, Lord Jesus, and we pray that as we speak about the Bible message, we talk about this amazing man, as we'll read here in a moment. I pray that you, by the Holy Spirit, would energize these moments in such a real way that none of us here would miss it that we'd all get what you have to say. We pray it now in Jesus' name. If you can agree, say amen. 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 I want to talk to you tonight about being all in, and the story we're going to read is found in the book of Judges, chapter number 6. It's a pretty familiar Bible story. I hope we can bring something new out of it that will bring some help and encouragement to you. It's the story of a great man by the name of Gideon And his famous army of 300 people. We're going to look at this story a little bit tonight about what it means to be all in. And it really illustrates for us, I believe, the power of a volunteer. I did a little looking uh, about that word, volunteer, and its origin, and some of its more recent and popular history. And we have a state in our nation that's called the Volunteer State for any number of reasons. And uh, as we looked about really the power of volunteering, there's a lot of real neat things about it that you should probably know, and, and that is people that volunteer regularly are almost always healthier and happier than the whole rest of the human race. I don't know whether you realize that, but that, that's maybe kind of a selfish uh, uh, backdraft on the beauty of volunteering. Uh, a couple of other thoughts. Uh, people that are experts, On volunteer organizations, have determined that there are three levels that people usually go through as they get involved in volunteering. The first level, it is said, is a level that is fairly self serving. Why are you volunteering? Well, I like what I get out of it. I volunteer and I get a free meal at the end of it. I volunteer and and I feel so much better. I volunteer and uh, it, it just, whatever, something that I get out of a a cause-driven organization, that's why I'm volunteering. I mean that's a great start. The next level that hopefully people move to in volunteering is a relational level. I volunteer Because I get to meet some really neat people. Well, that's surely true here. I I love our people here. And I I think it'll be the joy that we can take to heaven and enjoy for all eternity is the fact that we have got to work together with some of the coolest people on this planet. I feel that way every day. And I, I sure hope that you can feel that with your brothers and sisters here. Relational. I volunteer because I get to meet friends and be with some neat people. That's, a, that's an even better reason than what I get out of it. The third is the level that most organizations hope for and not a lot of them get to. And that's the level that says I volunteer because I have a passionate belief in this cause. Those people are the all in. A passionate belief in this cause. I, I, it's fine that I'm gonna get something out of it and I really appreciate working with neat people But even if I have to work with sour people, I believe in this cause to the point where I'm passionate about it. That group is the volunteers that are all in. At heart, a volunteer is serving because they really, really, really want to, not for any other reason. They are all in. Let's read the story here in Judges chapter 6. won't read every part of it because it gets a little long, but we'll read enough to give you the the history. Judges chapter chapter 6, starting in verse number 1. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, the caves, and the strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east, multiple nations I would say, would attack Israel. They would camp in the land and destroy the crops far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming in with their livestock in tents were as thick as the locust. They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by these Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. So that's a lot of history in a big paragraph. Seven years, starvation. They're crying out to God in desperation. When they cried out, verse seven, to the Lord, because of the Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. Prophet said this. This is what the Lord God of Israel said. I brought you up out of slavery out of Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out all your enemies and gave you their land. I told you I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you've not listened to me. So God was saying, if you want to know why it happened, that's why. Verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress, the equivalent of the basement of a barn in our day, the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. This is the New Living Translation. Others say great man of valor. Same meaning. Mighty hero. The Lord is with you. This is happening in a basement. He's hiding. With good reason. Not just hiding like he's afraid. He's he's trying to get some grain. Before the Midianites steal it all. Sir, Gideon replied. If. If. The Lord is with us. Why has all this happened to us? Talk about a knee-jerk reaction. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Oh, yeah? Well, if God's with us, what do you call this mess we're in? Where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord has brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. He's handing us over to these Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, I'm sorry, Gideon. It's really been tough on you, hasn't it? Maybe what you should do is take a break. Maybe, maybe it's been too hard. Did you notice that God doesn't even address that? What's the next word that God really did say? Say it out loud. Go, you're a hero. Go, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Quickly, let's look at some of these lessons here. Number one, Gideon was called to lead a rescue mission of a near hopeless cause, near hopeless cause. These nations, there were two nations specified and then a multiplicity array of a multitude of nations from the east. They all came and they completely overwhelmed the whole land. There is no way you're going to defeat all those people. Gideon was called. Interestingly enough, when we use words like God has called me, it's almost like a defeat word. It's like, well, you know, I had all these plans for my life, but God called me to do something else. If God's called you to do something, I don't care if you're the vice president. It's a promotion, not a demotion. It's a good place to say amen. If God's called you to do something, he didn't say, listen, I know you got this really good life plan and I hate to interrupt it. Could I just please ask you to do, I just need a just a little something done for me. He goes up to Gideon and said, hero, awesome man, are you ready? You're going to deliver my people. Uh, no, uh, no, no. If you read the rest of the narrative, Gideon goes on into a great big long deal. God's calling is to declare who you are and what you will do, not what you have and how good you think you are. God declares, this is who you are. This is what I'm calling you to be. This is what I've made you to do. This is what's going to happen because you do it. Now, you ready? His reward was going to be nothing less than the deliverance of his nation. Our reward for obeying our calling is nothing less than seeing that net full of human souls that will make heaven one day. And don't you make a mistake about it. A thousand years from now, a hundred years from now, when we're in that beautiful place we call paradise in heaven, and you meet some people that you hardly knew, and they come up and hug you and say, you have no idea, but I wouldn't be here if you hadn't served. That's your reward. That's your reward. His immediate response was an argument, and it would be notable to say that before he was ready for, for a real victory, he had to settle these issues. He really did, and he did settle them. You read the rest of the narrative and he goes on and on, back and forth, you know, God, what about this, what about this, we're the smallest, we're the least, we don't have the means, we don't have the materials, we don't have the men, and, you know, and God just patiently listens to this silly stuff, which doesn't matter at all, God's already predetermined what the outcome's gonna be, but he lets them argue around for a while, and eventually he goes. The, the only thing that you'll find out from God in this thing, in this narrative, and if you're really interested, is that God didn't answer his why question with anything but affirmation. You know, if you ever feel like, you know what, well, God's got this word for me. He's always trying to cut me down and tell me how bad I am. Uh, not usually. Does this, this guy look like a hero, mighty hero to you in the basement, hiding out? He's not sharpening a spear. He's trying to find some grain left in the corner of the the shack and take care of some before the Midianites get them. And God says, you're my hero. Go in the strength you have. The Lord will be with you. You will deliver Israel. Affirmation. God affirms you. He calls you and then he affirms you. His fleeces, he took these wool fleeces and set them out and said make the the ground wet and my fleece dry make that be a sign and people think well I need a sign from God these weren't a sign of direction they were just a sign of affirmation Gideon said maybe Gideon had what a lot of us and I surely have had and that is a low enough self-esteem to wonder God really you could use me is it possible here how about this we do it yes well what if we do it this way we do it yes well but I don't really feel like it you're a mighty man would you just do it and he did it. Two, Gideon was asked to prove himself at home first. Quick thought. We'll read Gideon, uh, uh, Judges 6, verse, just two verses, 25. That night, first assignment, Gideon, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal. Dad's part of the problem here. Pull down your father's altar to Baal. Cut down the Ashereth pole standing beside it. Then build there an altar to the Lord your God. Here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully, sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar, using it as fuel for the wood of the Ashereth pole that you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded, but he did it at night. <laughs> Don't you just like that? Hey, Dad, can I cut down your idol pole and can I kill your bull and can I offer it all to God? Maybe not. He didn't ask. He just did. (laughs) But he did do it at night. He was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. The lesson here is that we want to go somewhere else and be someone different than we are in order to lead what God's called us to lead and God asks us to start right at home. That's another good place to say amen. He asks us to start right at home. What's wrong in your own house? Fix it there. Start there. You want to tell somebody about Jesus? Tell your family about Jesus. Well, they won't listen. Well, maybe they don't listen right away, but who are they going to hear it from if not from you? Start somewhere. Fix what's wrong there. Lead yourself first. Then lead your family. Then you'll be able to lead others. But Gideon had to be all in, and these are the steps of him being all in even if you have to do it in the dark. last part of the story that we have time for tonight is that Gideon called a great army together. And after he did the thing, got rid of his father's idols, and people saw that he was stepping forward to, for leadership, the army rallied with him. And God had a very interesting to say, thing to say about his army, and we're going to read that in verse 7. He wanted to reduce it. See how much sense this makes. Verse number seven, so Jerob Baal, that is Gideon, his nickname was against Baal because he cut down that altar, and his army, they got up early, and they went as far away as the spring of Harad. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, this is hard to read, you have too many warriors with you. Can you imagine that? If I let you all fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they've saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, get this, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So we got an army enlisted. Who wants to go fight? Yes, we're fighting Gideon. We got to get rid of the Midians. Now, any of you, just, just quick survey here. Any of you feeling a little afraid, a little timid, really don't want to fight? Go on home. Who would do that? Hmm. So 22,000 of them went home, (laughs) leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. We're talking about being all in. And God wanted an all-in army. He just didn't want chairs full. We're living in the day where it's really, really popular to get as many people crammed in the building of church as we can. And make no mistake about it, every soul is valuable. And we want every soul to Christ that we possibly can and every Christian being shepherded in church that we possibly can. So to say that numbers don't matter, they do if they're people that you're concerned about. We understand that but it can't just be jamming people in a building. It's gotta be actually having those people turned into all-in soldiers for Christ. The process of what did you come for? Well, I came because it's really good. Then I came because I like the people, but at some point that that needle on the gauge flips over to all-in and you're here because you're saying, you know why I'm here? Because I passionately believe in the cause of Jesus and I believe reaching every soul is worth it. And that's what God was doing with Gideon. He's left with 10,000 soldiers willing to fight. God told him, there's one more test. Take them down to the stream or to the river and and have them drink water and separate them based on how they drink. The the ones that picked up water in the cup of their hands and drank, put on one side. The ones that just kind of kneel down or lay down and drink in the water face down, put them on the other side. And God said, the ones who drank out of the cup of their hands, keep them, send all the rest home. He's down to 300. Now I looked up and I know you're wondering, what was the significance of that? I can't find anybody that even, you know, there's all kinds of speculation, but I'm sure there was a good reason and someday I'll figure it out and tell you, but I, I can't even find a scholar that knows exactly why. There's guesses why, but it's, who knows what it was. But God had a real serious motive. I don't think it was he was worried about how they drank water. He wanted people that were all in And they were down to 300. 300, which you can easily fit in this building, as an army against a number of soldiers that you would have had to spread out from about halfway to New Lisbon all the way past the interstate, as thick as you could see them. And we got people in this building who wants to go fight. Well, one thing had to happen. All of those 300 had to be all in or we're not having a battle here. The story goes on. Gideon takes his 300 soldiers and he tells them all to take three things in their possession. Take a torch, a lamp, a torch, take a clay jar, and take a trumpet. And so they take the torch and he said, cover it with the clay jar so you can't see the the light. And then he said, we're going to surround the camp. We're going to take We're going to take we lost a hello there we are we're going to take our soldiers and we're going to surround the camp and we'll go all the way around but keep the lights covered and they did it at night they walked all the way around the camp you say what 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 nonsense is this This it's really a good battle tactic they went all the way around the camp and all at one time Gideon said, when I tell you to shout, here's what you say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And when you do that, you break the glass, you break the jar and the lights go on. Today, you just turn on the light and the lights go on. And the minute the lights go on, blow the trumpets and shout. Most of those soldiers knew that if you had a trumpet, you represented a whole maybe battalion of soldiers. And the light represented there's the army and they heard the trumpets and they saw the lights going on all the way around and they heard the shouting and they got so afraid those multitudes of armies that they begin to run from one side to the other to the other to the other side and they got so frustrated and so angry that they started fighting among themselves pretty much destroyed themselves and the rest of them that could fled and were later destroyed. And God's army of 300 soldiers was victorious and drove out those Midianites, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, the fearful boy in the basement turned into God's hero. God's people afraid and hiding were turned into triumphant, victorious soldiers. God's nation, impoverished and beat down, was turned into prosperous and victorious victorious, again. Why? They were all in. It was time for them to rise up and say, you know what? Gideon said, if you really don't want to fight, I mean, there, there's a time for just hanging out. But there are times where God calls us to step forward there are times where he calls us to extend that net. There are times where he said, you know, there's more souls I can win. What can you what can you give me? What can you do for me? At that point, you don't want you don't want a gun at your back. The communist soldiers in World War II and the Korean War were famous for sending their soldiers into battle. Only half of them, and sometimes far less of them, even with a rifle. They just had to charge in. And the reason they were charging in is there was one of their own soldiers at their back with a gun and saying, if you retreat, we'll shoot you. True story. Jesus' army doesn't work like that. He stands out in front of us. He said, wanna come? You don't wanna come, you don't have to. But if you wanna fight, if you wanna win souls, If you want to be all in, I'll take you. I don't know why God showed me that little vision tonight about seeing that ship and the ropes and the nets and the people. But I do know that we're moving forward as a church. I do know we're gonna build this building thing. I do know many of us have started our, I love my church things. We're, we're re-celebrating that again this month. And, and you'll hear more about that in a week or two. And we're gonna make this day a big day. I, I know all of that's important. But far more important than what we do physically is the fact that we can be God's victorious soldiers and we can be all in. Would you stand with me tonight? All in for faith. Sunday, we're going to be hearing about All In for Family. We're going to talk about All In for Finances, and we're going to talk about our future, what God has for us. Would you bow your heads with me in a prayer just now? Lord Jesus, we thank you on this night. Thank you that what really matters is what you think and what you say. And so tonight, we just surrender it all to you. Like Gideon, we all have our fears. Many of us here tonight are going to do things, are going to have to do some of our acts of obedience at night because we're afraid. And and I don't think you scold us for that. We're going to do it quietly and secretly because we're not just quite as bold as we'd like to be. I pray that you help us. I pray that you help those of us, Father, who are just considering that we'll choose to be all in with all that you have for us. We thank you for leading us on to a real victory. And at the end of the day, we'll be able to say, not what we have done, we'll be able to say, look what Jesus did. Look what he did. Father, we thank you for this night and we thank you for every soul here in this building and all those who are a part of this wonderful spiritual family, our church, in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, if you're here tonight, and you'd like to surrender your life to Jesus, I'd invite you to do so. I'd invite you to say yes to him, to his death and his resurrection. He holds out his hand. Will you take it tonight? Will you welcome him to come into your life to be your savior and forgive your sin? If that describes you, would you raise your hand right where you are? We'll pray with you tonight. Maybe you're watching on this Facebook broadcast, You could. You could pray with us right now if you're not right with god you could cry out to jesus say a simple prayer like jesus please forgive me come into my life i believe you are god's son i receive you and i'm going to live for you and he'll come in our Lord, we thank you for this night together and we thank you for your amazing grace and we pray that you would use us tonight for your glory and propel us forward for your plan for our future. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. God bless you. You may be dismissed. If you would like a prayer for something, you may come forward. And any of you with willing to help us move some chairs or tables, any of you guys especially, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you.